It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is episode 191 we are recording on sunday august 23rd 2020 cannot start the show without bringing my host right in here for this 191 episode heather Engerson, welcome back i'm sure that you're pumped I'm pumped. Mm-mm, like I said, I'm pumped like it's fist pumping like it's Jersey Shore in 2012. We're pumped. Round two starts today. You guys probably won't hear us until tomorrow, so hopefully we have won by then, but we're still going to go about as if we're not going to play till tomorrow. But woo, let's go round two. I love when we play Tampa. It's always a good series. It's always like just really good hockey. So hopefully the history holds true and it's not a bloodbath. We'll see what happens. Everyone seems to, apparently everyone thinks we're losing this series. I don't know why but let's do it let's do black and gold let's do it sorry yeah buddy i am so pumped for this it it is it's so good to have like bruins hockey back in the way that we know it's uh, the way it's played you know it's starting to get trending upward from the playing rounds and the round robin tournament so this is getting more and more exciting 
and it's just going to get more exciting with this second round matchup. We will talk about it later, but I uh, just got to, you know, we're trying to do little different things here, the black and gold hockey podcast and so on. Um, but uh, you know, we like to do the, how's it going and how was your week kind of talk before we get right into talking about uh, some Boston Bruins hockey of the uh, hurricane series in the upward uh, Tampa Bay lightning. So how's it going, Heather? It's going just, you know, it's a week. Week, not as much hockey this week. So I was kind of like, what do you mean it's not on till seven? What am I supposed to do with my time? But things have been all right. Things are a good week for the Bruins, I think. Yeah. And uh, makes us happy. I feel like we're every Sunday, we're a little happier watching our team play, which is good. You know what I mean? All we want is a good effort. And they've certainly had that mostly at times. And uh, how was your week? It was good. It was, it was, uh, it ended like very, very well. I mean, of course the, the 40 hour grind is always something that I do on a normal basis. And, uh, but, uh, Friday was good to have our first official business meeting together. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Sat down to the, uh, brewery Sylvaticus on, uh, water street names, mass, our hometown representing local. Uh, we had a couple drinks and just started talking about where the show's going and uh, what we can do to make it better and so on. And we, we do encourage our listeners to please send us feedback, you know, send us an email, uh, get in touch with us uh, via Twitter. Heather's now on Twitter. She's at Ingle with the big mouth. Follow her. You got to. And then send her a message and send me a message about stuff that we can do better for this program. Um, so we're going to meet up more often like that and, and, and just kind of hash out some, some directions that we can go and we don't want to go. So I think it's important to step away from the studio and just sit and relax and, and have a good talk. And I enjoyed my time. So I, I really appreciate you joining me and, and, uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. I had a good time too, because like you said, we don't really get to sit outside. Like we kind of frantic text back and forth, but we don't get to really have a discussion. Normally it's like, okay, Zoom meeting's open, let's go. But we, I mean, we've sort of talked, but not meaningful fun, sit down with your buddy and talk about our podcast kind of talk. So that was good times. Good yeah, I mean, we have to do I, it more often. Yeah, I find the Zoom meetings are ones that like, you kind of get rushed. And I don't think we get our point across. Mm. Like that, more or less face-to-face, having a drink and getting it all out, hashing it out is the best way that we can do uh, what, what we do. So, Well, I just uh, like to see my friends, man. It's been a long yeah, 2020. I know, I know. I'm happy to report it's almost September. I understand as a New Englander, there are a lot of people who are not happy it's almost September, but fall's coming up. And that means 2020 starting to turn. And that's awesome because I could get rid of this year, but... Luckily, we have sports back to distract us. Everyone bet online, AG. Absolutely. Sports are back, baby. Sports are back, baby. And so is your chance to bet on them with our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. The National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs are down to eight teams. Major League Baseball is currently involved in their regular season. NBA playoff action, golf, NASCAR, and the NFL is set to kick off next month. There is no shortage of ways to get in on the action, folks. BetOnline.ag has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. With, with the return of sports, BetOnline.ag has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, Robert Ory, seven-time NBA champ, and Harold Reynolds from Major League Baseball to get their opinions on what it would be like playing without fans in the stands and what they have called fandemic. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses the website has to offer. 
please don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 after you sign up for a free account. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Go there and do it. I have a ton of fun. I lose money all the time, but you know what? It's still cool. And it, I, I, you know, and I'm not losing tons. You make a $5 bet here, you make a $5 bet there. It's not a big deal. So definitely go check out them. They have been an awesome sponsor of us for the longest time. We are going on a year and probably three quarters now, which has been just an unbelievable uh, path. And we, we enjoy working with them. So, and we're open for more opportunities for sponsors and, and advertising opportunities. And we have one, uh, I have a conference call actually sometime this week with, with another company and uh, they really want to work and they have an agreement on a contract. So we're going to bring in a new one for a little while and test them out. Always looking for sponsors, you know, whatever talk, get in touch with Mark. It's a growing empire, baby. Get on the train now. <laughs> Just kidding. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's, she's not, you're not kidding. She's not no, I'm wrong. Not, I'm really not. When I say I'm kidding, that means I'm really not kidding. It's like when Southerners say, oh, bless your heart. They're not, they are blessing your heart, but in a like, oh, bless you, kind of, aren't you special? <laughs> yeah. So when I say just kidding, I'm probably not kidding. Mark is right. Um, well, I guess, should we just start with the, we lost a legend this week. I don't, we always seem to start on a sad note, but I also think it's important to like, I don't want to bury the passing of a legend like this, you know, somewhere when we're in the middle of our spazzing out about round two. So uh, do you want to say a couple words? I do. I want to um, uh, shout out to the family and friends of Dale Howichuk. Uh Dale lost his battle with stomach cancer. Um, this was the second time that he went through this ordeal. The first time he did ring the bell and he went through it all and, and, and really, you know, just fought, fought for himself and family um, but this second time wasn't so successful on recovery. So, and he passed away. So uh, I just want to give a shout out from the black and gold hockey team. That's the website and 28 writers and all our podcast members uh, here that we're all thinking about uh, his family, uh, his sons, oh, his wife and so on. And I just want to give uh, another shout out to Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick from the uh, 31 thoughts podcast. And uh, to his two sons that joined them last week talking about uh, the legacy of Dale Howichuk and, and what he meant to hockey as a sport, but also the community and, and, and how much of a, a quiet, nice guy he was. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, they were, they were talking about instances where some kids are just a little embarrassed to go and say, listen, I don't have the money to do this and that. Uh, and Dale was always there to write a check. And, you know, I thought that that was really important. And he was just, he was one that was always for growth of the game. And uh, he made an impact in that game, you know, and he, Canada Cups and so on. So I just wanted to, you know, just, I know we do start the show, obvious sometimes, but we want to get that news, like you said. We just want to get it going and so on. But um, I think it's important to to notice that these people, and the impact that they made on this sport so long ago and, uh, and what they did leading up to their final days. I think it's all important and relevant. So, um, you know, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. I, I, for me too, I think for us, it's, he's one of the generation, like players, generational player from when we were, 
younger and growing up. Do you know what I mean? And like you said, total legend on and off the ice and hockey hall of fame. He's been retired by multi, he played for a couple teams. His numbers retired everywhere. Although I don't understand why in Phoenix, they didn't retire him and the old jets like everybody else, but still, you know, a great honor. Um, and yeah, so, you know, thoughts and prayers with the family and everything. It's hard. Um, most of us have unfortunately had to know someone who's gone through a battle with cancer and it's not easy. And there's always the scare of it coming back or whatnot and cancer sucks and everyone do the best they can to keep themselves healthy and, you know, cut the odds because it is, but a battler, you know, yeah. we need inspirational people like that. And people who just have open, kind hearts, you know, grow, growing the sport in the right way, you know, for all the controversies that happen, there's a lot of people who, like him, whether they are former players or just people in a community, you know, that really want every kid to have access to be able to play whatever sport they want or take horseback riding lessons or whatever. So that let that be a lesson on and off the ice, how to carry yourself and be a man, you know? Absolutely. And if you do have the opportunity and uh, able to subscribe to the 31 Thoughts podcast, I highly suggest you listen to it. Uh, it's, it's, it's an emotional conversation, but it's one that that was well orchestrated uh, by um, director Amal uh, Illich and, and so on. I probably hacked his name. Sorry, Amal. He's probably not listening anyway. But anyway, check him out and, uh, and listen. It's, it's kind of cool and so on. But um, let's get to some happier, a little bit of happier conversation. Yeah. About the Boston Bruins making it to the second round Stanley Cup playoffs in this these COVID times, who knew that this was going to happen? We knew when this team was 100 points back in March that this could be a reality. But now we're, we're so many months removed from what happened. Coronaville, crap. This is what I'm talking about. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We took care of the Carolina Hurricanes, who were, who were battlers. They were battlers in that series, even though we walked away 4-1. to one. They were battlers, and um, and I thought that uh, even Jesus, even the end, the end was kind of like weird because I mean Chowder and uh, and Rod DeBod Bridenboa, man, they had a, a nice little moment there of congratulations, and boy, would I like to have a mic right there when that was going on. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. But I mean, it, do you think it's weird for Chowder? Like people he played with are like the GMs and the head coaches in the league now like is it weird for him yeah it's got to be strange it definitely has to be strange ultimate sign of respect though is going on i i also thought the same thing with uh trots and uh ov too when that series was over because you know like if i mean i'll just say it i forgot i was like oh yeah washington fired tom reardon why because he's not barry trots you should have just like (laughs) why i don't know what what happened but like i'll tell you what happened i'll tell you what i don't remember i'm sure i knew at the time all right, real quick, right? Mm-hmm. The when Trotz was up for that, he won the Stanley Cup, and they were talking about bringing him back. But in some kind of deal, he was only going to make like two hundred fifty thousand dollars more, and he opted out to go get the money in uh, in Long Island. Well, they weren't good, they weren't going to negotiate him. Like, hey, dude, you want us a Stanley Cup? He has a cup. He has, he has two million dollars to stick around and be happy. They didn't even want to budge on the previous deal. There was some kind of weird contract thing that was going on. Yeah. He could only make a certain amount of money if they retained him for like, I think the first two years and then they can renegotiate. It was something weird like that, but 
Trotz was like, I'm out of here. So they really tell like, I'll just, yeah, find someone else to build a Stanley Cup team around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that happened today. So that is technically not on the agenda, but what do you. No, I jotted it down. Sorry. Okay. Um, You want to just get into it a little bit? Well, I just wanted to mention about just that he happened to get fired. So commences the season of the massacre, the Saturday massacre, like, you know, when political people all get fired all on one night or whatever. Uh, that's hap- going to happen with coaches and GMs and stuff, which is part of the normal free agency in whatever area and, uh, you know, time frame we have between seasons. But again, it's a weird season. So right now that's all going to start happening now as people continue to go home from the bubble. But we're weeding out the – Men from the boys, as they say, right? And we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and it's lining up to be some awesome matchups. How did you like games four and five? Did you like our play? I did. I thought the the everything is really just coming together. And unfortunately, it was at the uh the 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 whim of uh you know injuries to the Carolina Hurricanes to you know be that much more competitive, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at no loss, but you know, for saying that they deserve what they got, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I, I thought that the intensity was, was, was gaining every game. Secondary scoring was picking up. The defense was certainly getting tighter. Um, there was some scary moments when that puck sitting at that goal line a lot of the times and it's, and more or less, it's like, you know, you, you're basically saying, you know, calling for the puck and where it is instead of going and making an action for it to get it out of there uh, quickly. So, in uh, goaltending uh, with 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 Yarrow has been has been decent too. I mean, there's uh, there's things that you can definitely work on, but I mean, this is going to be a whole new dynamic, and we'll definitely talk about it in this next round. But yeah, I was I was I like what I saw. I mean, and and I'm I'm probably not the biggest Joachim Nordstrom fan on the planet. And he probably won't be here next season, but damn, he's certainly making a case with the uh, sacrificial uh, shot blocking that he's been doing. And, and what he's done in that penalty kill has just been exceptional in these playoffs. So there's, 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 there's players that are really stepping up that you didn't think that would after all this rest. And there's other ones that just being really good complementary pieces to uh, moving forward in success. And I, I mean, I'm, it's, it's just like really exciting. I mean, for once, I'm actually, like, really pumped up for – and I was earlier, but I just don't – it's, like, it's such a weird year to get, like, really, like, into it and, like, you know, it's just it's just strange. Um, I think game four still concerned me. If it wasn't for that crazy eight minutes they had in the third period, Carolina would have absolutely and deserved to win that game. We still spent – I mean, I think – I agree with you that we get better and better every game or whatever. Uh, back to form, you know, uh, as all the teams are doing, you know. But we can't even have that kind of situation if we plan on beating Tampa. So, like, that's my thing. So, in the the fifth game, which everyone's like, oh, they played so well. See, I felt until about halfway through the second they played a lot like they did in game four. They looked better at times, but way too much time Carolina spent on our end at times, you know, things. So, our defense – Looks good, but we have like we can't let Tampa have that much time in there. I can't believe Carolina didn't score more, you know. And that wasn't against Halak, who played much better game five than game four, you know what I mean, or whatever. And uh, that's just me. I, I think though overall we look good. I think we're ready to play Tampa. Had we started playing Tampa two weeks ago or whatever, 
it, we would be in trouble. But today, I think we're going to have a solid uh, Tampa-Boston series as it normally is when you get seven games to have two powerhouses go at it. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. yeah. Anything else did you really see? I mean, obviously, DeBrusque was crazy. You know, second line continued to dominate. Charlie Coyle, I mean, you know, Charlie Coyle and Charlie McAvoy, they continue to pop off. Any other thoughts about the Carolina series before we move on to the business gets down to hand today? <laughs> yeah, I just, um, yeah, like McAvoy's just been really good and he's transitioning so well. I mean, he, it, it looks so easy when he gets his, his feet going and glides through the defensive zone into the uh, neutral zone and crosses that blue line. I mean, I say it several times. It almost looks like Bobby Orr, at, at, you know, in some aspects. But um, no, I think that's what we. I think that's what we're gonna need. I I, I might have touched on this last week, but uh, getting him involved in the offense is really gonna make uh, a huge impact when you think about our defense and how threatening it can be on both sides of the puck, especially when you have uh, Tory Krug who is also a very mobile defenseman. Um, you know, he's strong on his feet and so on uh, in his own defensive zone. But what he does is, is, is pretty much uh, like a magician um, for a shorter uh, but mobile uh, player. And those two guys and having that element and, and support. You know, when you get those two guys that are going and they're covering uh, points for, for uh, defensemen that want to join the rush or, or lead the rush, that's huge. You know, I know everybody wants the puck and everything. It's not like peewee hockey and you're chasing it down in the corners. You know, it's all six of you, but you know, this is, it's, it's good to have layers like that. And, and when, when you can get your defense involved like that, especially this time of year when it's so weird uh, and, and it's postseason, it, you, you're lining up for good success. So there's really a lot of pieces that are really coming together for this club right now. We're getting, we're getting a really solid penalty kill. Power play is seemingly starting to come around. We're not seeing a ton of production on it, but there are signs of improvement. So I, I think that we're getting there. And in these couple of days before they actually get involved into the, um, the series with Tampa Bay, uh, you know, that's going to be the key for Bruce Cassidy and coaching staff and so on. And, uh, you know, that all starts tonight. So, I hope that John Cooper, happy birthday, sir, by the way. You are a fantastic birthday. coach. But, but Much respect. we are hoping you have a terrible time tonight. Just kidding. I mean, happy birthday, but yeah, you're not going to win. Yeah. Uh, they, they, it's a very interesting situation where you have two teams, and we'll get into it in a minute because I do, like we said, we're going to spend three minutes on the Tuca of the week and then move on with our lives before we get into round two. But um, – it's interesting because Tampa Bay is out for redemption, right? Because they've had for 10 years, a pretty good hockey club. A lot of people getting paid a lot of money, but they cannot seem to get it to work. Not in the way Toronto really is not ready complete. Like this is a complete team and it has been in different uh, variations. They're looking how they can redeem themselves from last year, but follow through and win like they know they can. But at the same time, Boston's pissed that they lost game seven on home ice last year. And they should be. They should be mad at themselves and still be hungry, as they keep saying, you know, and do it. So this ought to be a good uh, series overall. A lot of uh, powerhouses on there. Uh, just out of curiosity, though, before we do the two guitar, with the power play, because I think we were like 0 for 6 on the power play or whatever. 
but we haven't really had a lot. They haven't been calling a lot of penalties either, right? You're right. I think they're closer to being more productive. They're looking more um, like themselves on there. But who would be your first unit power play? How would you like, uh, like if you could pick the five players to be the first unit, who would you pick? Oh, geez, that's a great question, Heather. Um, and 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 you got to think on the other side of the coin too is what the Tampa Bay Lightning and John Cooper are going to orchestrate on the penalty kill, and and two players on their side that can be definitely lethal on, on you know an opponent power play is uh, is, is Sergachev and um, and Hedman. I mean, those those guys are just experts uh, both sides of the puck. Uh, so it's going to be difficult for the Boston Bruins to to get really involved and get behind those guys who play just such a defensive sound game. Sergachev with the, uh, uh, the small body kind of reminds me of a little bit of Tory Krug, Matt Grizzly kind of kind of feeling, and yeah. then the headman, just the big shutdown guy that's just going to be a nuisance at the top of the crease at all times. So um, I, I I want to say I would like to see. Obviously, Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak up front. But I, I don't know if I would actually have two defensemen. I would like to see uh, Tory Krug because he, he plays that effective bumper uh, on the power play. Uh, but uh, David Krejci, I mean, I got to roll with Krejci because he's just got that, that knack, uh, especially in these playoffs. He's got a five-game point streak going on against the Carolina Hurricanes. So – Got to have him on there, too. He also plays the bumper well, too. Slows the game down for a, an effective power play. Um, but when your bodies are, are not moving so fast, but your passes and, and your timing is. So, yeah, I, I would say that that would be my line for the, for, for the PP1. See, because I've been mulling this over. Because I feel like if passes back, then he should just him, Bergie, and Marshawn should be together, right? Because that's just kind of how it goes. But I'm I would not gonna lie. I think I would leave him off and leave David Krejci in. Just like the sheer genius of him and Bergeron on the ice together is ridiculous to me. But I am kicking. I don't know what because I am someone who likes two defensemen on the power play but it's like you got to have the right defenseman sometimes McAvoy still does make a little silly defensive move sometimes when he's trying to get back or whatever and it's not you know whatever but where he's playing so well just kind of all around I do kind of want him with Tori on the blue line you know I don't I don't but it's hard to tell with Tampa you know also because Charlie McAvoy is big like we could use a big body with these forwards coming up ice you know what I mean so I don't know I think that's who I would pick Krejci, Birdie. Marshy, yeah, Tori, and Charlie Mack. Nice. Not, I mean, with, not to be confused with Charlie Weymouth. Okay. Lot of lot of speed right there. You know, if you if you in there, I mean, your power play is not r- reluctant on a ton of speed. It's more about accurate passes and, and timing, and yeah. where your body actually is for that. You know, everybody wants to navigate to the Pasternak one timer from uh, Ovechkin's office. But that's like that, nothing for Vasilevsky. He's like. Psh he's been studying pasta tape for like two months knowing that they'd probably meet at some point like that. That's why I'm saying too, is that you got to shell Vasilev. He is a very sexy goaltender, but you can't just shoot puck on him. Like you need to get him moving. You need to like the rebound is key to scoring on him. If not, he's going to, he's like Marty Brodeur. He's just going to eat the puck or Patrick Wall all day long if you shoot at him. So I also think that's why that'd be a good combination. Do you know what I mean? Like just different, Similar, good, but I don't know. Their brains all kind of work the same. You know what well, I mean when you watch them. 
the well, way like they I was, in the play. Like I was going to say, and I did say previously with uh, the play of Hedman and Sergachev, who, were out, who I believe might be their top penalty kill. Um, if they get the puck and, and get it out for the quick transition themselves, having your idea opposed to mine is, is a little different because now you have Tory Krug and Charlie McAvoy on your blue line on that power play that if a mistake happens, a turnover happens, give away, whatever, that they, they can come back really fast and be uh, an effective um, on the back check or, you know what I'm saying? It's just, just to, um, to add that speed factor that probably a player like Carlo won't have, you know? So I like it. I, I do like it actually. I mean, I, I totally forgot about those two and just how fast they can be. Um, I was more or less just con- concentrating on how of the offensive production of the power play would work out um, in the, in just a passing, you know, environment. And so I never thought about the skating. And, but until you said that, I was like, wow, that's really, really smart. It's really hard uh, to decide. I'm glad I'm not one of the coaches. <laughs> like, I'm glad I'm not Bruce Cassidy trying to figure out. Cause, and John Cooper, same thing. Like, he's probably like, okay. Like, you bet, bet your ass everyone else is like, just seems positive that the Lightning are going to win. But I don't think John Cooper is a fool to think that the Bruins aren't coming out swinging too. And that this he's a great is, coach. you know, like, he's trying he's a to great figure coach. out how. Also, um, sorry, right before when we do the two guys, I just also would like to mention when we, you were talking about each game they're improving. This is why you keep Zdeno Chara on the ice. Because the other day, he saved a goddamn goal last second on that goal line with his big-ass reach and whatever else. And that is why you need Zdeno Chara. Because although he is not the most graceful defenseman all the time, he is a good, smart defenseman. And that, you know, that's his generation and that's what he does. And even though his legs do look better, though, he's skating better. Like the rust is coming off a little bit. That's why you leave Z out there because he's giant, get in people's way, and he's quick when he wants to be. His legs <laughs> might not be quick, but his hands still are. So we're going to just uh, go with that. Okay. So uh, Tuka Luka of the week, right? Okay. So <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Tuka Luka. That's what it's like. I, I feel like it's like uh, Looney Tunes land when it comes to Tuka Rask. Um, <laughs> Although funny. it also can be argued I love Tuka, but he does kind of look like he could be a Looney Tunes villain. He's very expressive with his features, you know, like, uh, but uh, so Tuka in the weird world of Tuka this week, this was pretty much the summary of that. Um, so Brian Burke, who I love to death, we had mentioned, had said, you know, people will feel stupid when they find out what would happen, right? Then on Greg Hill Morning Show on WEI on Wednesday, all of a sudden he's talked to Tuca and it was a family emergency, but you know, like he didn't abandon, blah, blah, blah. Um, And now everyone's like, oh, well, would you take Tuca back? First of all, practically, it doesn't make sense for Tuca to come back for these playoffs. It really doesn't. More than just him showing back up to sit with his team in case they do go to the cup final and be with his team. But I feel like that's also setting you up. What if he gets 10 days into quarantine and then he's going to bounce again? Like, just let's call it a wash, right? Because if we're in the finals and Yarrow's, like, leave Yarrow in net. Like, if him and Vladesh have Vladar, whatever your preference is, I think he prefers Vladesh. But uh, if they're handling their shit, why would you disrupt it? Even though Tuka's, you know what I mean? But, like, you don't want to, I don't like disrupting the rhythm of things. Like, when people are in a good groove, like, I feel weird, you know, like, I don't know. So, um, but 
Maria had had a good point. Maria from Watertown, we all love. Yes. Blackandgoldhockey.com writer and upcoming podcast for the new Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Network, Bruins Hockey Talk with Maria from Watertown. God, that rolls off my lips. Just like, mm. so, like it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Maria, we love you. And this is going to be, wait until everyone else hears you too outside of this area because you really are a very knowledgeable sports fan. And although you are definitely a Bruins fan, you don't uh, hold back on giving it to them when you think so. And my favorite Bruins fan, that's not me. So I'm just saying, no, I'm just kidding. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, but she had brought up, like, shouldn't this be this info about, like, you know, it being an emergency, like his daughter called him something. I don't know. Again, it's all speculation. Now, I don't believe anything unless it's coming out of his mouth, you know, whatever. Uh, but then about how him coming back and I just, what, what, what are your thoughts on the Tuca and the, like, I personally think, I don't think it should go through either. I think Tuca Rash should be on if, he wants it to be explained and leaked out there that I do feel, I don't think, feel, I'm one of those fans who I don't feel Tuca owes me shit because he plays well in that generally, you know, like, and I don't write his paychecks. So I just need you to show up. Like if you, you're not in the game or you need to go home, I'm on board, go. Like, you know what I mean? Still heart you, bye, see you later, go to your do thing. But I do think if you're going to start leaking out or talking now, again, I don't know Tuca really talked to Greg Hill, but he definitely is someone that the players would talk to maybe and have personal contact with. I need you to, to do a phone call or something so I can hear from you to talk to the fans. Do you know what I mean? I feel like all that does is just aggravate the situation more. If you're not going to go through the Bruins, then you yourself should be saying the shit or tweeting it or putting it on Facebook or whatever to get it out there and have a direct line to the fan base who you know very well is flipping their crap because you've been in this town long enough to know that. Yeah, he's a know? polarizing He's a polarizing player. I mean, he's a lightning rod for everything that is hate. So this just feeds into their wheelhouse. Yeah. What do you think of all this? Tuka, how about, what do you think about the Tuca this week? Well, l- listen, I, I will let you oh, know my. that Brian Burke, uh, Hockey Central at noon, Brian Burke was on there with, talking about this with uh, Jeff Merrick and uh, Anthony Stewart, and I believe Justin Bourne. Uh, they all had a conversation about it. And uh, Berkey said that, that there's, there's probably going to be a time that when Tuca Rass does – come out and say why he left the bubble, uh, why he was so um, disorientated there and in his, and in his interviews. And, and, and in fact, that it is a family matter. And, and, and in fact, what actually happened to that so-called family member? Um, and, and, and Berkey said that it, it's going to probably make very, some people, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, eat their own crap. You know, because of the the nonsense that's been spread about this man um, not being a team player and so on. Listen, you know, you leave the bubble, that's fine. But once once a teammate and several teammates come uh, to your rescue and say, "Listen, you know, it is it's his decision, and we respect that, uh, and he respects that we're going to move forward without him." You know, please have respect itself uh, and and respect the man's. Uh, wishes on leaving and taking care of uh, something that in my opinion is still a little more important than the game. You know, family is very important and so on. You know, the, the, the crap that comes out of the internet is absolutely crazy. Like the picture of the golf, the golf picture. 
I was going to say, I totally forgot about Tuco was supposedly golfing on Thursday or and, something. And Maybe it was Thursday. I don't know. I didn't even share it. I didn't, I didn't even look at it. I didn't click on it because I knew the, the website that it was actually coming from. And, and normally that is such a clickbait website. Like, in, like Tuco Raskett leaves the bubble, which is automatically making news. But this certain website turns around and says – about a Haggerty article or a Haggerty uh, interview that he did uh, for TSN saying that Tuka Rask uh, is, uh, his future is unknown. Mm-hmm. And then you click on it. Uh, I see, I, I bought in. Everybody <laughs> you, click on, you click on it and you look and you see Haggerty actually said that after his contract is over next season, his future doesn't look so good. It wasn't about his last year under contract. They feed you in like that, Heather. It's like a crack deal. It's like, ah, well, I got that's you. not what I was worrying about. I'm more of a, I think it's funny because it was like a big deal. And like literally legit, like our local news crews went out to try and see, which I appreciate because at least they're trying to find out what's true and not true. You know what I mean? Um, I don't care, honestly, if Tuca was golfing either way. Because, again, if he comes back to the bubble, that's 14 days. He can't do crap anyway. Or whatever it is. Because you don't know. We don't know if his testing will go well, this and that. Whatever, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? It could be up to 10, to, whatever. Um, not to drag this out or anything like that. This, oh. I wouldn't even bother. Sorry, I was going to say, the funny thing I thought was this, is that, you, I mean, we have two very distinct radio stations that are kind of the primary sports news. It's in- like Democrat and Republicans. <laughs> right. And there are things I like about both and things I don't. One you'd probably is more of the like news sports or allegedly, right? Cause I mean, you can make the, you know, it's talk radio. You never know, you know. And the other one doesn't even pretend like it's not just like a, blab fest kind of you know what i mean it's not like they they talk about but it's not like they even pretend like they're serious reporters kind of thing they are but they aren't you know what i mean that's not even their spiel the first time the one state anybody who's from this area will know what stations we're talking about everyone else you don't have to worry about it because you don't have to listen to them no free ads this is the first time that i've ever heard certain people i'll say it like vulgar that (laughs) are like look if he was golfing whatever but he probably was not golfing just because it was reported. Somebody would have seen him. There's no, like, who cares either way, but just shut up and this is the least important thing going on in the Bruins world right now. Like, you know what I mean? And that was surprising to me from that radio station that, so, I mean, with the exception of a few people that are on there, of course, you know, it's the way it is. But um, they're more radio personalities versus the sport alleged guys. But the sports guys were the ones that seemed like the clickbait rumor mill people this week. And I thought it was funny that the guys who like to just get into it and perpetuate and stir the pot where the ones that are like everyone shut up okay like if he went home legit over his kids you know don't people go golfing to get away from their lives like it's a relaxing activity you know it's not like stop let's not make it out to tuka left the bubble to go golfing because he really need to get to bass for tea time i'm just saying like well from, from from the people i reached out to um that image that was used in a certain article that was like attracting that clickbait. I mean, hell, use an image of Tugaraz golfing. Uh, that's just going to create a storm of, of, of people that need that more information, which, which obviously they clicked on. Um, but that, I heard that picture was from 2013. You know, it's just, it's just something that they use to lure you in because 
uh, every uh, page view is a, is a, is a dollar in their advertising scheme or whatever. So it's, it's just, Oh God, if honestly, if I ran a website and all of our 26, 27 writers, and that's all I did, I'd be pretty damn ashamed that I'm putting that crap out all the time. You know, no freaking way am I doing that shit. I get that. But unfortunately the world we live in has a hard time allowing, uh, we've talked about this, like even with Joe Haggerty, right? Like I obviously respect Joe Haggerty. He's been a Boston sports journalist my whole life. Well, not my whole life, but you know, like just for at least a couple decades of solid, like Haggerty is a sports guy in this town. And I respect, you know, I know that he has respect in his profession and you know, but because he's an older generation journalist that has it to changes live with the wind. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying he's a clickbait person, but he also every now and then is a more like pot stirrer than he used to be because that's what people go for, right? No one cares what the article actually says. They care about the headline. I like to play fun games sometimes when I read the news of just read the headlines and try to make up the rest of the story myself. Like, what could this possibly say? Like, <laughs> one-eyed alligator eats Republican. Oh, was he wearing an Antifa shirt? Cause that's gonna be awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just like to, you know, just, these are the kind of things that I think of. Uh, but, all right, so those are the tales of the Tuca Rask. Uh, I don't know where you are. I'm still at, uh, I'm indifferent either way. Like, well, cool, you'll have to be with your family, even if it's resolved. Yeah. I don't well, hate you if you don't come back. I plan on seeing you in December, though, so or late November after Thanksgiving for training camp, bitch. So you better be there. You do owe me the last year of your contract, because that's exactly how much money I need for Tory Crew. So I'm just saying. Yeah, let's let's put a tap on this keg. Um, All right, go. No, I I just think that you know with the reports of uh, him possibly coming back, I th I think it's not going to be a very good uh, thing. You know, listen, it is good that he goes and takes care of his family issues and so on and whatever's uh, whatever the reason he needed to leave. Coming back, I just think is going to set a, a bad feeling. You know what I'm saying? I I just. Like, Yaroslav Alak now has an agenda. Uh, he sees a schedule ahead of him. I know it's very compressed, and so we'll, we'll definitely get into that. But, um, you know, it, it, don't mess with that right now. That, that, that juju is, like, really good. It really got us through a majority of that Carolina series. And I want to see this go forward uh, with, with Halak. And, uh, listen, 50% Tuka not here. 100% Halak is, is, is what I'm gambling on. And, and if there were odds at betonline.ag, you know damn right I'd be on that shit. And I think the, the team itself and the rest of that Carolina State, you know, obviously the first game they're going to rally around Yarrow. They have to prove, like, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to survive. I mean, it is a big deal when your Vesna finalist goalie walks out. Like, that is a big deal. You know what I mean? But I think Tuca – I mean, whatever, as much as rumors, whatever, like clearly his teammates respect and understand, or at least understand, you know what I mean? As a brotherhood. And I don't think Tuca, I feel like Tuca is more likely to send, a, you know, like get on them with FaceTime or whatever and send words of encouragement. Or like I said, if he does return more of sit there as a support, like, Yes, I am the quote-unquote starting goaltender, but I think him and Yarrow have a special relationship. Uh, I know it's always said, like, goalies are just, they're on their own island. And Hashtag own goalie. But goal Goaltenders union. Those two clearly have a very good synergy and respect for each other, and I, I don't 
think that he's the type of person who walks in and says, oh, well, I'm the starting goaltender, even though I haven't played in three weeks. You know, I just, I don't feel like that's the personality of this team and or any of our players, regardless of what people's opinions of it are. So that's all we're giving. Tukes, we love you, whether you're golfing, not golfing, as long as you're being a good father and husband and human, that's all we support. Just like everybody else out there, even though, like I said, sometimes I'm an asshole, but like, <laughs> we'll get to that when we get to Millberry. That's um, Inga, the big mouth on Twitter. Yeah. Is that what it is? I have no idea. I don't even know what my own Twitter is, but there are a few brave souls that want to follow whatever. Listen, you crossed the threshold of allowing me to retweet your shit. Well, I I'm didn't know that was you. a setting. Had you said that three weeks ago, I would have already changed it. I thought I did. I thought I did. <laughs> I had no idea. You're like, oh, yeah, um, I must can't had, retweet anything. No one's mentioned that. it. Must have had too much of the pink word. Nobody. <laughs> I never water it down. I have it a little watered down. Why? Because it is 3.04 in the afternoon. And I yeah. want to be conscious. <laughs> you know how that is. Because oh, like, yeah. once I oh, start yeah. drinking, you know me. If I'm going to drink, I'm all in. That's why Friday, I'm like, dude, couple beers and I got to be done. Thank you for getting that pretzel. It was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? All right. Well, let's do it. Let's talk about Tampa round two. Are you pumped? Where yeah, so stupid so for this. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell in your ear. Yeah, hello out there. We're on oh, the air. It's, it's talking night tonight. I got my. Scarf. I wish I knew the rest of the song. I'm not very good. I know, I'm remember. I do know it. Like I said, it's like a lot of songs. Once it's on and I hear it, I can sing all the words. But when I'm just thinking of it, I'm like, dinner something, Bobby scores. That's a good. Old That's a good old hockey game. Oh um, yeah. Got the scarf. Maybe I'll wear it like this tonight. That was last year, game seven. I had like wrapped. I was like choking myself out. Like, <laughs> I do weird things like, you know, like in old school, like Little League Baseball, when you do your rally cap upside down. Oh, yeah. I remember I the do, like, rally turban, cap. Like, a weird Bruins really. turban. Amesbury Padres rally cap. So it turns out we're going to round two versus Tampa. Yeah, again, by the time people hear this, it may or may not be, depending on how quick you edit this and get it launched out. You won't know till tomorrow. So surprise if we want to lost. Uh, but we're playing Tampa Bay. They were number two, right? All, they struggled in the beginning of the year, but definitely coming out of kind of the all-star in that area. They were on a tear looking like Tampa, yeah. Uh, 43, 21, and six with 92 points through 70 games. So they probably wouldn't have caught the Bruins, but they certainly were one of the only teams who had large copious amounts of points like the Bruins did. A lot of teams this year were kind of all around the same. So finally, parity has really happened in the league. Good for us, I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, solidly second in the East and the Atlantic, obviously. Uh, their powerhouse. Uh, these are how they tend to roll their lines. Uh, why don't, well, I don't know if these are their actual starting lines for tonight, but these are kind of their general lines that they like to roll, right? Especially Stamkos is out. We know that for game one, which not good for Stamkos, who I totally respect. Dude took a puck off his face and was in like 10 minutes later. I remember I was at the Lafayette Club and guys like, oh, he's out for the game. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? It's game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. This bitch is going to get some stitches and he'll be back here. Trust me on that. Like, that's the kind of, first of all, that's how hockey players are. But Steven Stamkos is a warrior, but he's out good for us. John Cooper, like you said, awesome coach leading the charge of this. Um, so this is how their lines typically tend to be set up. So freakishly, there is going to potentially be two Andres on the same ice at the same time because we've got Andre Kasha and they've got Andre Palat, right? It's looking good. Yeah, Braden Point, who, God, that kid just every year gets better and better. Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov is scary. 
is very scary. So is Braden Point. I don't know. This is a pretty scary line to me, but that's all right. I'm not too worried. Uh, then you get Alex Kilhorn, Anthony Sorelli, and Tyler Johnson. All right. I don't care for Anthony Sorelli, but I also can't argue against him for what he does for this team on that second line. Uh, then you got Barclay Goudreau, which is one of my favorite names. I always have this thing like hockey people should have kind of different names, so it sounds cooler when the announcers are saying it. Uh, Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman, who I don't think is as impressive as everyone else does, but that's just me. Patrick Maroon, I guess, trying to go for back-to-backs with two different teams, Mitchell Stevens and Cedric Paquette. And as Mark pointed out, you got a pretty sick back end when they're on. Uh, Hedman and Zach Brogosian, who Mark, if I recall, wanted us to get at the trade deadline if possible, but we did not get him. He went to Tampa instead. You got Ryan McDonough and Eric Cernak, um, and then Sergachev, who is just, oh God, I love him, and Kevin Shattenkirk, who I do not love. But what say you, Mark? What t- Talk to me about this series. Talk to me about, they usually run their first play power point, Killhorn, Point, Palat, Kucherov, and Sergachev, apparently, with obviously p- certain people out. They've had some injuries. Hedman's been in and out, things like that. Go. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something right now, Heather. This this matchup is kind of like having me navigate to uh, an area of the game that I just, you know, I, I, I do understand, but I just don't think that it's the uh, make a break on a series. You know me, goals, goals, goals are what win games. So uh, if you get out-muscled, then that's your own problem. You know what I mean? You should have been scoring more goals to make up for – your, you know, your toughness. So um, I'm not in on that, but this team is going to be coming at you heavy. And I believe that this is the type of team that uh, the Bruins have uh, played against. And and that's St. Louis blues that Stanley cup champions last year, but the same, same St. Louis blues that are now out of the uh, Stanley cup playoffs. And uh, uh, I need to ask uh, Jordan Binnington a question. Are you nervous now, sir? Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, Anthony Sorelli, Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau, Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, uh, Killorn, Joseph. Uh, these guys, Patrick Maroon, Maroon is going to be bringing it. Cedric, Power, Cedric Poquette is going to be bringing it uh, hard and heavy on this team. So uh, be ready for that. Absolutely be ready for that. And uh, the addition of uh, a Nick Ritchie, a bigger body uh, type of player um, into the lineup. It is official that he will be in the lineup. Uh, is going to probably compensate a little bit onto that toughness, uh, sandpaper, grit kind of area that this uh, this series is definitely going to see. These two teams really do not like each other. Much respect, much respect at, all the way through. But this is a team. These are two teams that, especially the Tampa Bay Lightning, it almost seems like they can't get through the Bruins for uh, in certain situations in the past. Although it's not always lined up to Never the way a blowout. it's yeah. always very evenly matched exactly. one or the other. it kind of like not for anything but how we played toronto the last few years in the first round toronto could have beat us any of those years they didn't because we're finishers and they're not but it's kind of like that it's not normally a blowout it's always like like even this during the regular season it was like they beat us the couple meetings we had and we didn't get to play our whole series against them because of covid but it was like we lost in overtime 5-4. Like, you know, things like that. Like, it's never usually like a 
two game or whatever. And nobody wants to watch that kind of hockey game. I mean, sure, it's fun to watch someone get blown out every now and then, but you also don't want to. What do I know? I'm the person who thinks it's ridiculous to tell your player not to swing for a grand slam when they're on a 3-0 count. So what do I know? Um, no, this is a heavy, fast team, right? And when we're on our game, we can also be a heavy, fast team. I mean, maybe we're not as big necessarily as they are, but the way we play, we play bigger than we actually are. Like we used to have a lot of big players and played big. Now we're not so physically big, but when we want to push people around and we want like these boys can do it. It's just a matter if they're going to or not. I'm, I'm actually cu curious to find out your, um, your insight on this particular conversation when it comes down to uh, the comfort level on, on who they were playing. And, and uh, I heard Bruce Cassidy, head coach of the Boston Bruins talk about um, how he's more comfortable playing at Tampa Bay Lightning team over the uh, the potential of possibly seeing the New York Islanders, where I thought, I personally thought that the Bruins would have a, an easier path to go through in the second round with them over the Tampa Bay Lightning, possibly see these two teams that are matching up starting tonight in the uh, in the conference finals. But Cassie's all full in on um, on believing that this club matches up against the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning very well and possibly could – could uh, make a series of this. So, I mean, I'm fully on board with whatever Bruce says, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, big fan of him and, and the coaching staff and what they do. Um, but I, I, I just hope that the, the talk uh, backs up the, uh, the, the product on the ice, because it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be one hell of a series coming down to physicality and, and off offensive threats because Tampa Bay certainly does have that, but well, we know as Bruins fans and that 100-point season that we just had uh, that we can too. I have two keys. These are my two keys of how we beat Tampa Bay. Obviously, I'm not a hockey analysis, anal, analysis a hockey analyst. Uh, clearly, I can't even say the word. So I think it comes down to two things. Neither is Mike Milbury. The neutral zone. We have been horrible in the neutral zone. We have been giving up way too many pucks and I can guarantee you if we give it up to Tampa Bay they're going to bury in the back of the net you boys have to give Yarrow a chance as Mark said we didn't lose game seven solely because the Blues were playing heavier hockey than us we lost it because we didn't put the puck in the net because in the end it's about your goals if your goaltender is having a rough stretch but you're backing him up by if he gives up one you get it back like we need a little more controlling not a lot as many takeaways and we have to be better in the neutral zone like we have to we're usually very good about even if we give up the puck we go back and get it like i used to tell my youth soccer players right is that your ball or their ball well it's their ball now well if you want it to be your ball you better go get it right we need that and the other key is shots shot i have that little john song stuck in my head shot 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 shots if you want to score on vasilevsky you got to get him moving but you got to get him just being pelted. Other than that, he's not letting anything in, no matter how good we are, no matter how on past his one-timer is or anything else. Also, third thing, come on, Tori Krug, score me a goal, baby. He's been shooting at everything but not getting anything. He's trying to create the rebounds, but it's just not happening the way he wants it to do. Um, all right. What else about Tampa? What do you think of the two keys to beating Tampa? You've already mentioned getting behind. We have five, we have five minutes before we take our first break. So, yeah. 
I still think I still think you still have to get you have to expose them. You have to find out ways to get behind the defense and disrupt what they're trying to do on a regular basis because they're like they have big body defensemen. They have um, they have uh, Braden Colburn, they have Hedman. Um, you know, it's just it's a and and fast defensemen too, which can easily uh, take a giveaway in their zone and just quickly quickly move it out to uh, Kucherov and all these these other unbelievably offensive players that the Tampa Bay Lightning have on their roster. Um, I literally just got goosebumps. I don't want to like all these Tampa Bay Lightning people, but I do. Like, I got you. I, Victor I got Hedman, you. to me, is the standard of what a modern NHL defenseman is. Shut he's down. Found, he fused it together. He can still be a shutdown defenseman, but he's also an offensive powerhouse, and that's why he's always up for the Norris Trophy because, to me, he is the standard of what a modern NHL defenseman should and will be And you know, like that's the type of player Charlie McAvoy could be when he gets his stuff to get, you know, like I'm not saying obviously people have different, I'm not saying you're going to be Victor Hedman, but do you know what I mean? That kind of player that is a well-rounded offensive defenseman, but a stand-up defenseman at the same time. And it's for, still kind of hard. For me, this, this series is going to be about uh, board battles, uh, neutral zone dominance, um, and defensive uh, uh, coverage. I mean, there's three things right there that is so cliche that you could probably hear any National Hockey League uh, TV announcer or radio announcer talk about on the regular. But that is pretty much what you're going to have to do to win uh, a a series like this against this team. Um, We have had really good luck against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the past. But sooner or later, this core is just going to get to a point that, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be ready for teams like this, even though the Bruins are building slowly and we're, we're losing a piece, we're gaining three in younger talent. Um, this team is, is, is pretty much like ready to, to play and, and, and in my opinion, ready to like be a dominant team and, and show that Boston is not going to run through them this time. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a TV fan or anything like that. It's just the fact is that there's history here and it might not be like we play them every time. Like, you know, with the whole wild card situation, it navigates the Bruins pretty much to play the Toronto Maple Leafs every freaking season. You know, we do kind of sporadically see this team, but more or less later in the rounds. So sooner or later, it's like, it's going to be Tampa Bay's day. And, uh, but I, hopefully that's not going to happen in this second round series because um, it's just, it's, it's a bigger test from Carolina. I mean, I thought Carolina was going to be a tougher test and, and really bring this, uh, the, the series in the first round to seven games. You know, I, I, I looking at Aho and, 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 and um, you know, Svechnikov and all these other players that just complement that team so well, I thought it was going to be a, a little better series from them. This is now you're just going into another realm of a whole different category of offensive threats. So, it's, it's going to be interesting, and I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to betonline.ag and putting a, a C note on the Bruins. Absolutely. I don't care if I make another 105, you know? Everyone go betonline.ag. I love her. <laughs> I thought that we could maybe, in the sake of, like, let's shake it up a little bit. We're, like, trying to do our same patterns, but change them up a little. I thought maybe, yeah, I just thought that maybe as we went, we would sprinkle in 
a few Ask BNGs as they were topic related. I think I had mentioned to you to maybe do. So before we go to our first break, there's a few that are kind of related between this and the next topic. I thought I'd ask you one before we go to break. What do you think? Sure. I'm uh, all, if I'm I, all for If I mess up your name, I apologize. I'm usually pretty good at names. Uh, so um, let's start with this one. This one's pretty, this is from Clovis Roy or Rua. I don't know. I would say Clovis Roy, but it could be Clovis. Clovis Rua. is a great follower. Awesome follower. Um, at Clovis Roy one. Is it Roy or Rua? Do you know? I don't know. It's I hard to say it's it could be I want to say it's Roy. I was going to say, because this is New England. Um, we say French names both ways. It's hard to tell which one it is. But says, I'm going to say Bruins in seven and say it will be a long heart series do you agree that is clovis's question thank you for the question clovis before we go to break let's just quickly you know whatever minute each and say whatever 30 seconds each and what do you think seven games and if you think it's a different games thing that's fine to say but do you think that we're gonna win the series real quick and i'll do this so fast um the playing rounds okay the, what, what i saw out of them i thought that the carolina series would be seven games because just just because of the the ramp up and what we were uh, looking at to see what was going moving forward this totally different this is definitely going to be a seven game series in my opinion because these two teams can definitely sway they can nitpick at each other's uh, weaknesses and and make everything kind of even so i see this one going uh the full boat okay I do agree with Clovis. And also, I don't want to, um, John Galat, um, or, yeah, there's no I, so it must be Galat. Uh, he also had asked his traditional question when we get out of the second round. So you're saying, yes, probably seven games you agree with Clovis, and you're also saying the Bruins are going to win in seven, going the distance, right? But we will get out of round two. I'm going to have to agree. I think the best kind of Tampa Bruins series are the seven game series. The seven, game seven is always just a bloodbath. I was lucky enough in uh, 2013 to be at the garden. You know what I mean? But um, oh, that one and nothing we won win. The cup, though, still, right? That we one and nothing cup. win. No penalties. It's like the, um, oh. So I agree. I think this is going it minimum six, but probably seven like it usually does because once these two teams get in the series, Overall, they're the same teams, like Mark said. There's history, there's whatever. And also, there's something to be said when the Titans clash. They want to be fighting the other Titans, too, right? Tampa Bay is looking at this like, if we can get through Boston, then this cup is ours, right? And Boston's probably thinking the same thing. I also, last thing is, uh, before we just go to break for a second, I do believe that this is the moment that the NHL wanted last year, but Tampa Bay got eliminated, and that fucked up the ratings plan for round two. So... Good for you, Gary Bettman. You get the round two Eastern Conference fight between the Bruins. And the Bruins and Lightning are both still really solid, awesome. They're the top two teams, you know what I mean? And Tampa was only third in the league. So it was like, I think it was us, St. Louis, then Tampa for, like, league overall standing. So this should be an epic clash. And uh, both teams could be Stanley Cup champions, but only one of us gets out of this round. And it's got to be Bruins. That's right. Boston, baby. Boston baby, but anyway, break. anyway, let's talk about a different area of the world. Let's talk about Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Yarmouth, Nova Scotia is a very beautiful place in the Canadian province of the Maritimes, and they have a tremendous store called the store next door. 
please go to the store next door.ca and tell them the black and gold hockey podcast sent you when you go and order something from awesome people that uh, create things from recycled hockey uh, equipment and sticks and they have disabilities, they put them together and I'm telling you, the products are unbelievable. So anyway, let's take a quick break, but please check out this commercial from the store next door in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Their website is thestorenextdoor.ca. We'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. And we take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. Hey, Bruins fans. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 191. We are talking about playoff hockey. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. But we just heard from the great folks at the store next door make unbelievable unbelievable hockey furniture, and they do it from recycled hockey sticks and so on. So I completely hacked that return. Uh, but anyway, please go to the storenextdoor.ca and support those guys. They're uh, a Yarmouth, Nova Scotia-based company doing great things for awesome people. So we're back, Heather. What is up? What is up? Uh, I don't think we're done with round two and kind of a few things that are around with that. So, um, so Jack in the Box, one of our writers, yes, at uh, Jack Godsell, the Godsell, that's what you said, right, Godsell? Yeah. Uh, he had asked for an SBNG. Could Nick Ritchie be more of an impact if we play Tampa Bay with a more physical presence, right? So I thought that was fitting. You mentioned, uh, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you know, I think it, it's Richie Coyle Bjork, right? It's going to be the thir- on the third line tonight. Um, what do you think? Do you think Nick Richie maybe will be – no, I'm not pro or against Nick Richie. I'm anti-Brett Richie, but I'm neutral on the Nick Richie. Just like, Kosh, I haven't seen you enough. I don't really know. You know, you're not really – I didn't really have high expectations for you. I just need you to be a big body and make smart plays. That's really all I need you for. Do you think that in this series, he will find a more, be more impactful? Like his kind of skill set is more useful in this kind of matchup versus Carolina. I, I seriously hope so, Heather, because the fact is that um, we talked about it earlier that Tampa Bay is going to be bringing that hard, heavy, gritty game. Uh, and, and the Bruins are going to have to counterpart with this. If folks, if folks want me to believe in this whole grit factor, I, I want to see it now. I want to see it now. I want to see it from this point moving forward in, in certain situations and teams that they might match up later on in the Stanley Cup finals. I, I'm sorry, the playoffs. 
that they could play that type of game and, and, and move forward with a team like Tampa Bay. So I think his insertion is going to be important. Uh, he's, he's a mouthy guy. He's, uh, and he's, he's out there to protect the team. And not only that, add a little bit of offense if necessary. I know we can do it. Seen it in, in, uh, in Anaheim on several occasions, not consistently, but several occasions you can see that he's got a nice, nice shot and uh, fully capable of playing those types of roles. So uh, I think it is going to be important. So, but um, short leash, you know what I mean? It's just like, if it doesn't work, and not working out, I don't think we should keep um, uh, that roster spot uh, available, you know, whether it be the third line or wherever for somebody that's not producing either in, even on the physical side. So uh, counterpart that with somebody that can be an offensive threat potentially and, uh, and play those odds that way. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said consistency. Sorry, we're getting some storms. I just wanted to unplug my laptop. So just in case, just in case. Is it where we played the Hurricanes and the Lightning and now we're getting thunderstorms? Probably Isn't that weird? Summer, That's so strange. It's an omen. They're coming it is for the, me. It's the Bruins are going to win omen. Yeah, it is. I like dark omens. I'm waiting for some crows or ravens or something to, um, whatever. Okay. So, um, I, anyways, like I was saying, I think that you hit the nail on the head with the consistency with Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie is exactly what I expect Nick Ritchie to be, but I need you to be at least like the kind of the skill set I can value in my lineup, Nick Ritchie, no dumb penalties, Nick Ritchie, stand up and put people in their place as necessary. He does that. He, we'll be in for the series. Do you know what I mean? Because we do need more of that kind of just, I don't know, you know, pin you to the boards kind of type guy, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I lost my train of thought, but um, yes, Jack, I think, and Mark thinks that yes, he'll be more impactful in the series as it goes on if he plays the right way. But Mark probably hit the other nail right on the other head that Bruce Cassidy, I'm sure, has a short lease because we do have options. We have more players than we need. And there are people, you know, whatever. We'll see. He's got to find the new combos, right? We're not playing Carolina anymore. We're playing Tampa Bay. And uh, on this topic, I just want to uh, quick shout out to Jack Gutzel uh, that, that did the Ask BNG. He also wrote an article for blackandgoldhockey.com about this uh, exact topic. So please go there and check it out. Uh, really in-depth kind of piece. A uh, quick one, but it was really, really good and to the point on how uh, they can gauge that physicality and where to be used in a situation like this against Tampa Bay. All right. The good, it's all working out now. We're going smooth. Let's, um, well, this is kind of a combo too, because we had wanted to talk about it. And I know that I think Chris Blackie asked a question about it. So <coughs> I just wrote down, can we win this series with Halak? Just before I read, Chris's question, do you think that we can, if Halak is healthy and we're playing Bruins hockey, can we beat Tampa Bay with Halak and that instead of Tuca? I believe so. I absolutely believe so. I think that um, this is the type of situation that Yaroslav Halak is, is like thriving on. And uh, in his late career, stuff that, you know, wished he, it happened sooner, obviously. Um, but I think he's going to be ready. And I think uh, even a goaltender like Dan Vlada is going to be ready and stepped up his game in his practice efforts to be ready at a moment's notice, whether it be injury or a potential back-to-back uh, -back situation, which we're going to have two scenarios. I don't know if you want me to go further on this, 
You can do whatever you want. Hashtag goalie nation. Union. Hashtag goalie union. Hashtag Marty Brodor. That's all I'm thinking. Hello, Marty Brodor. But um, we might as well just hit it now. I honestly think that there might be an opportunity in one of these situations that Dan Vladar might get a start. And here's my, here's my point is I understand a lot of people are going to be like, no, you ride the guy with the most experience, especially in the playoffs. I get it. But we're in the second round of the playoffs. I don't think you want to burn out a player like Yaroslav Halak, who's a 35 year old veteran. I get all that. We're just coming back from a five and a half month um, hiatus and then kind of getting into the whole thing. A goaltender like him, and I'm not saying I'm an expert at this. I don't hang out with the Senator and Dunham or anything like that. But a goaltender like this, in my opinion, is is due to have one of those days that it's just not going to work out for him. So I think it might be important to get a player like Vladar involved if necessary. And if he has the trust of the coach and give – Halak the rest in one of these two situations because we're already talking about this this series going seven games Heather you know and and game two and three is a back-to-back and then game six and seven is a back-to-back so I don't know I mean if it goes back and forth and it sways each way I just see one chance that this could kid could have an opportunity to do it now here's the thing here's a lot of people coming at me saying I'm giving it to the guy with the most NHL experience well if the guy with the most NHL experience is your man, then why isn't he there now? So here's another thing. I don't believe Legacy is going to be here next season. I think that the uh, Providence Bruins are definitely going to roll with a Dan Vladash, Vladar, and Jeremy Swaim in tandem. That is going to be solid to watch, and I cannot wait. That'll be the best $80 I spent on AHL TV. I'll tell you that right now. No free ads. But anyway, um, but anyway, well, I just yeah, think Chris, that I, I just think that um, it, it, it is a solid opportunity for this kid to get involved, and and I hope he does because I think he can really show this this fan base that he can be clutch, and he'll need to if he gets the opportunity. So that was Chris Blackie at Chris Black underscore Blackie. He had asked if you were confident if Ladar was needed in for a spot. So you sound like you're saying yes. You feel comfortable. Like, you're still just as comfortable. Yeah, obviously, it's not the same as Yarrow and Tuca, but you're not – you do feel Yarrow can handle the workload and that Dan Vladar slash Vadesh, Vladesh, he can come in. He should get a little experience, and he'll be all right if you need him for a game, for, like you said, practical reasons, Yarrow, to rest, right? So you, you say yes, affirmative to Chris Blackie. Yeah, absolutely. I really think that – and I'm not expecting miracles. I mean – Anything could happen. It's just all about confidence with Dan. Uh, he's a, he's a, such a good kid. He's a funny kid. Everybody loves him in the locker room. But when it comes down to getting game time ready, he's very focused and so on. So um, it's probably scaring the shit out of him right now that, he, that, that there could be an opportunity. And he talked about it on his birthday. Yeah, he's very happy that the Bruins got him to that point to experience all this. And even back then when he said that in his, in his press conference, it wasn't even the fact that he was going to get into a game. It was just the, the pure emotion of being in the bubble around uh, a complimentary uh, group like the Boston Bruins and their leadership. 
I kind of think that he is ready for this. And this is going to put – if he comes in there and, and plays and just does it, I think this is one thing that will really bite on to a lot of Bruins fans that don't have the opportunity to have the funds to spend to watch the Providence Bruins on the regular or follow them on the regular and get to know who the next guys that are coming up. And I think that that's why we provide a good service at blackandgoldhockey.com, uh, black uh, the website, because we do kind of tend on a lot of prospect articles. Okay, so I feel that we have definitely covered this Tampa. I mean, just honestly, if you don't know who the Tampa Bay Lightning are, I mean, what can we, we've talked this to death, I think, at this point, at least what we can do. We'll obviously have more to talk about as the series progresses. That being said, I wanted to mention the schedule if you're a weirdo and want to put on, I'm sure you probably have the app and you have the calendar, but just to mention it, we start tonight on Sunday the 23rd at 8, so maybe you won't hear this before then. Maybe you will, which will be awesome. But... <clears throat> We're going to play Tuesday the 25th at 7, Wednesday the 26th at 8 p.m. We're not even going to get into why are there back-to-backs when there are only eight teams playing. We don't understand. But, we like, that's a whole other rant we could go on. We can circle back to that if you want. Yeah, we can. We uh, can. So Tuesday, Wednesday, the 25th and 26th at 7 and 8, respectively. Friday, the 28th at 7.30. Then Sunday, the 30th. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, the 1st and 2nd, as needed for games 5, 6, 7 versus Tampa Bay. As we've already established, we plan on at least be playing on Tuesday, the 1st, right? It's got to go at least six games. There's no way one of these teams is going to totally blow out the other game, you know? I just don't – just laws of averages say that just doesn't even make sense that that would happen. So – we're going to hope for the best. Go bees, positive energy. I understand we're Boston fans. We always get negative on these things. Like, we're just very hard on ourselves as fans, our players, everything else that's going on. But this is going to be a good series. They need all the positive energy. I need a lot of people yelling, shoot, shoot, because they can't hear us in here. Also, if they look like they've got lead in their skates, you got to yell, skate, skate. You got to let them feel on the fan cams that they are in the garden and they can hear the noise, the sweet noise of their own fan base taunting them. I'm just saying. All right. So the next order of business, I just wanted to mention what the rest of the bracket looks like. Uh, Tampa... We start tonight, um, the Canucks and the Knights start tonight, too, at 10.30. That's going to be a good series. What do you think? Yeah, Canucks are playing absolutely. awesome hockey, and Vegas is a good team. They're well put together. So you get the, Flyer, the Flyers are playing the Islanders, and then you have the Abs and the Stars, and the Stars actually already beat the Avalanche one nothing in something that surprised everyone. Uh, I think uh, not that because Dallas isn't a good team. Like the Calgary-Dallas series was – good hockey, you know, whatever. But I think that the Avalanche are pegged to be the West champs. You know what I mean? It's supposed to come down to them versus Vegas or whatever. And I think that the Stars are going to do the best they can to uh, disrupt that, as will uh, the Canucks versus the Knights, you know? So either way, I think that the it's been a long time since we've had the final eight teams be really bracketed teams that are playing good hockey, you know, entertaining hockey and some good matchups and – We'll see, right? Do you think the Flyers are going to beat the Islanders? Can we just – I just want your prediction. Because, again, I'm not – I like the Islanders. I think they're a solid team. I'm not convinced they're as good of a team as they play like sometimes. So, But Philly's also just had six months of on and off playing awesome hockey. So what do you think? 
I, I, I kind of think that the Islanders are going to give them a little bit of a run for their money and so on. Uh, it, uh, to me, in that series, it's all going to come down to goaltending. Carter Hart is going to have to uh, really just come out of it and pretty much like do his old school Braden uh, Holpe uh, appearance and kind of just, just as a young goaltender come into the league out of nowhere and just, and just take a hold of a, a series two or three and, and possibly, you know, a uh, Con Smythe winning uh, 2020, you know, who knows? But um, no, I just, I think that it's, that series are going to be huge. And, and uh, you know, the Islanders are going to have to be ready for that on that end of goal, of the goaltending spectrum. Cause that's, that's a lot of coming. That's a, that's a lot coming at you. You know, uh, Travis Connectony is just a, the kid's a fucking powerhouse, you know? I mean, the key just, just barrels through people and just so offensive and, and uh, you know Carter and 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 Gossespierre and and just and uh, you know even the uh, who I believe is the Selkie Trophy winner this year. Um, God, and now I forgot Couture, his name. Sean Couturier. Sean, Sean Couturier. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's I mean, good series. I, I I'm looking forward to it. Just put it that way. Yeah, if we go there. Uh, one last question before we get to the we're gonna give our shout out to all the awesome writers at Black and Gold. Uh, if you, we can get out of this series with Halak and that, do you think we can win the cup with Halak? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's all going to be about how this whole thing is managed. I mean, we just went over it with the, the, the two back to back scenarios that are, are in this second round, um, against the Tampa Bay lightning. So, and I understand that the other side of the coin, the Tampa Bay Lightning are dealing with the same thing in back-to-back situations. And, you know, even though that Dan Vladar, who, would, who I believe should be there, is, doesn't have any professional games and especially no Stanley Cup playoff uh, minutes, that on the other side, it's not so bad if, if we get to Vasilevsky and somebody else can't – somebody else has to come in. Like, uh, I think his name is – Scott Wedgwood and uh, the other guy, huh? Isn't McElhaney or something? Yeah, McElhaney's on there too. So they have three, they have three goaltenders in the bubble right now. So uh, I think it's Scott Wedgwood signed with them, and and their primary backup would be McElhaney. So, but Whoa. we can get to those guys too. But I mean, Vasilevsky is just one of those freaking natures that is is so good that he's probably. I mean, he's at the top of. The, uh, the voting for the Vizina alongside to Rask. I don't care about people's opinions. I think he should still uh, be no, uh, you know, honored for, for that. And uh, <clears throat> hot take here from uh, hot take Mark Allred, most of the black and gold hockey podcast got a little cough right now, but um, still think that uh, even if the Bruins win the Stanley cup Tuka Rask should get his, inscribed into that ring because he did play a majority of that season that he was contractually obligated to do. And that's enough games in my opinion to be a contribution. So well, I think hot take NHL, from me. The NHL rules I believe is twenty five games or something like then that. Then he's in and suck it. Maybe it might be a little something like that, because that's why they petitioned for Mark uh Savard to be on the cup because he hadn't yeah. quite played enough games. Well that's also, another narrative that's another narrative, Heather, is, is uh, oh, he quit on his team or he chose to left, leave the bubble. He shouldn't be even close to that Stanley Cup when they win it. And I was like, 
wrong. Wrong. Look, opinions are like, you know what? So oh, I know. I'm just saying, I know. We live in a world where that's all there is. That being said, you know, it's not just opinions, but it's also good factually based writing is from all the awesome writers at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. What, what is the website again? Let me see. Blackandgoldhockey.com. I get confused, even though it's right there in front of my face as we do this. So, Mark Arad, can you please, because we keep saying we're going to do it and we finally are on our game. Can you please give a shout out to all the awesome writers, as you said, I've been putting out uh, different articles. Maria put out an article on the Halak situation. La la la. Just go. Yeah, it's been uh, an unbelievable ride, and we've grown so much, and we've gained so many uh, talented people um, from all aspects, from new writers to young kids that are in college and and doing their their school thing, and 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 riding our uh, coattails of the credentials that we have with the Providence Bruins. We have a nice little schedule with some folks that go down there also to get into the uh, realm of, 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 you know, interviewing players and so on. But I, um, just I want to go through the list because I've been meaning to do this a lot and, and I'm sorry that I keep forgetting, but it's just been so hectic. But I, um, let's start from the top with Andrew Lindroth. Andrew just uh, joined us not too long ago and he uh, runs our new uh, at black and gold hockey Instagram account. Please go to Instagram and follow at black and gold hockey. It is an unbelievable thing so far. We've gained so many, uh, it's been, I think it's been live for two or three days. We've already gotten to like, I think 130 uh, followers. So that's pretty cool. Um, Brian Bull, he just joined us, wrote an article today. He's an analytics guy. Very happy to have him. going to do some college hockey stuff and some prospect stuff. Brian Murphy, Brian Murphy is, uh, he came from actually NBC and which is really freaking cool. So uh, glad to have him aboard. He's been putting together some really good pieces. Mm -hmm. Carrie Young, Carrie Young is a fantastic writer. She uh, is one of those um, members that does the rotation of AHL credentials. So she's awesome and she does a great job on the articles and coverage when needed down in Providence at the dunk. Cameron Young is our YouTube creator, and he's doing a fantastic job doing game sims on the NHL 20. So that's pretty freaking cool. And he's also getting in a little bit of writing, and we have future projects set up for him. So we got Maria from Watertown. Maria from Watertown is a, a constant caller to Boston Sports Radio. Very smart, knowledgeable Bruins fan, passionate, passionate, and happy to have her with us. Uh, she's a writer and she's also coming out with a podcast. Uh, and that podcast is going to be called Bruin Talkie Talk with Maria from Watertown. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. Jack, uh, man, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get this name, Jack. I love you, brother. He's, he's new and he's a good writer, uh, from the, um, Tennessee area actually. So Another Jack in the book is Jack Gottsell. Jack Gottsell writes about pretty much everything Boston Bruins related. He loves covering the NHL and the prospects. He's been busting ass since he joined a couple of weeks ago. So welcome aboard, Jack. And he's also part of the Topsoft hockey scene, uh, which is cool with their streams and everything over there. So uh, big fan. Joe Skanowski, uh, he's uh, been with us for a while, and he does a fantastic job doing um, – uh, Jersey numbers. He's got a series going on about that. So uh, a little bit of a, an article about who 
war, what number, and, and how significant it was throughout history. Uh, Josh Howares is a new member. Welcome, welcome aboard, Josh. Uh, Leon Leifschitz is another analytical uh, writer and he uh, graduated from the University of Vermont and uh, he's, he's, he's doing really good and he's really getting close to publishing on his own. Lucas Pearson is another one that's been with us for a long time, does a fantastic job. Lydia Murray, is, is she's a, a writer out of Maine and does a fantastic job with the numbers and analytics. Uh, Michael DiGregorio is another writer that just covers everything of interest and, and uh, breaking news. Mike Craddy, senior writer. Mike Craddy has been with us for a long time. He's just a, another workhorse and, and a recent uh, graduate of Merrimack College. Uh, Pastor Girl, uh, Lizzie, she's uh, uh, another writer that does uh, a lot of game, uh, pre-game, pre-game previews and post-game updates. Patrick Donnelly is there for our breaking news. He does a fantastic job on that. Guy works really hard with us. Evan Michael, he's another one that does some really fun uh, Bruins-related articles uh, that um, are relevant when it comes to, you know, the, the lighter side of hockey. Uh, Tim Richardson, he's my boy on the uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Prospect Report podcast. And he also covers the Providence Bruins on the regular. Um, and he does a great series with, with prospect reports. Max Mainville, another senior writer that's been with us for a very long time. 210 posts. Guy's been killing it. But uh, great to have Max along. And he covers a bunch of different stuff. Thomas Nystrom is our last writer. And he's also one of the most important people here at Black and Gold Hockey as he is the IT guy that makes everything roll here. The picture you see behind me, the website, podcast stuff, advertising, merchandise. The guy is just a, a solid member, and I will never forget his uh, contributions and uh, his conti- continued contributions. So, and that's everybody, man. So shout out to everybody that's been with us for a long time uh, that makes us successful uh, back then and even today. It's been, it's been fun, and um, we'll continue to grow. We're, we're an official company. We're a legit, legitimate sports media entity, and uh, I'm happy to talk to anybody that wants to come on. We're growing. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're, we're shaking and rolling here, you know, so it's, it's a fun time. So get involved if you want. I just thought it was an important time to uh, recognize the crew that helps keep blackandgold.com together, blackandgoldhockey.com together, and uh, you guys do great writings and everything, and glad everyone's on board. I hope everyone's staying on board, and hopefully, you said, this is going to be a wild ride Why Mark's literally all his hard work is finally paying off. So Love it. Okay. Love it. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, everybody that does everything here. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Round of applause for you guys. You deserve it. Sorry, I can't clap louder. I don't know why. I can't seem to be making noise with my clapping. But yeah, no, good job. It's not just you guys work way harder than I do. I just show up and <laughs> do this once a week. But um, all right. That being said, and also these are some a lot of topics. Sometimes you know you can always find these guys probably have written. Someone has written an article about any of the things we talk about, which is obviously just because that's what the hockey talk is of the week. So you can always look for more info uh, if you search for their articles and stuff. Um, that being said, we have a few more like little topics and then that are happening. Let's get through those. Uh, 
Jakob Blocko is loaned out to a Czech team. Uh, they start next month playing this uh, Czech league. Uh, he's playing for Hockey Club Energy Kalvovari. I don't, I can't confirm or deny that because I don't know <laughs> Czech that well. But that would be my best guess on how to say that. Uh, and the AHL doesn't start till December, so basically the Bruins gave him permission to go and play for this other club, which, what say you, Mr. Prospect Man? What do you think? Good move, huh? This is a solid move uh, for both the player and the organization uh, moving forward in his development. It, uh, the numbers are definitely down over the Czech Republic. Uh, they're pretty much got a nice hold of what's going on, and they're probably not going to do the whole fan thing either. So, um, you know, containing everything is going to be a lot safer. Uh, but, but at this point, it's more or less about keeping his legs rolling <clears throat> and uh, keep, keep developing properly. So, and this is also an area that can go because, believe it or not, the AHL has not set in stone that they're coming back. They are targeting a Jan uh, December 4th uh, return, but we will uh, see what happens right there. <coughs> <coughs> All right, so no, you all right? Um, yeah, I'm just doing a timeout. We'll get okay. back. Stop, stop right. me over after that. Okay. All right, you ready? Whenever you're ready, just count yourself out to finish up what you're saying. Three, two, one. Oh, I did. I was waiting for you to jump in. Okay. And so, change, this, change the topic because I was coughing. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to do, but then I, you really looked like you were in distress and not just needed a sip, so that's why. All right, so yeah. I'm ready. So, you good? I don't want to yeah, do it. I, you know me. I've been there with I, the coughing fits while we're I just recording. Don't, I, every time that happens, I lose, I lose train of thought. So, if you just want to take over and go on to another topic, that's fine. All right. Well, why don't I – okay. So, three, two, one. So, yeah, development-wise, that's a good idea to be able to – let him get some reps in and, you know, see some different, you know, he, he got injured, right. When it was the world, the worlds or whatever. So he didn't get to really play for his country, but this is good to get back kind of home training and not just sitting idly by with all the restrictions yeah. that are still floating around the States and Canada on training and whatnot. Last season, he was injured before the World Juniors, come back healthy. He had a terrible year, health-wise, not, not playing-wise. Yeah. Uh, injured early in the AHL season as a rookie, uh, came back healthy enough to participate in the uh, World Juniors that happened in the middle of the, uh, the hockey season annually. Uh, played one game. I think he was only in there for seconds, maybe a minute and then tore something and was, was completely out of that tournament and then came back. And then obviously the, uh, the COVID uh, crap happened and ended, you know, but it allowed him to recover from his injuries. So, and this allows him to keep going, which is going to be important for his development. And uh, when camp is ready and we're up and running and we have a solid plan, I'm sure he'll be back. But if there's any step back in the plan of the AHL coming back. I mean, returning, he'll, he'll, he can still continue over there with uh, the club that he's uh, technically loaned to air quotes. Um, and that and is, that, important. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. This is also the same situation that's going on with Victor Berglund. Victor Berglund signed previously an entry level deal uh, over in the Swedish league. 
and uh, was going to come over, but opted to stay over there to keep moving because, again, Sweden, Czechoslovakia, and those areas of Eastern Europe are um, – the numbers are down, so they're more apt to have a full season and not be waiting on what's going on with uh, such a, um, uh, a population during a pandemic. So I uh, just want to throw that in. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no worries. Finish your thoughts. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know me, I'm an interrupter. I'm not going to fault you on interrupting. Uh, I was going to say for his um, injury, it's good too, because he can get real game situation and see how, I mean, obviously he was recovered, but then there's been all these restrictions on working out. When I don't know where he's specifically been, if he's been home and he can, you know, obviously we know they can work out. And, and, and where he's playing, where he's playing also is important because it's an adult league. It's not a junior league. Yeah. So it's like being in the AHL, just not the AHL. You get, you're, you're going to have some, yeah, <laughs> real competition. Uh, Excuse me. So the Bruins signed, uh, again, I forgot, I should know how to say this kid's name, but I never remember it. I thought it was Philippi, but I was like in my head because I took so many years of Spanish. I want to say Felipe, and I know that's not right. Anyways, he's from Linfield, Mass. North Shore kid, Shocker Bruins signed a kid from the North Shore, uh, or the South Shore, or Worcester County. I don't know. It's just you know the Bruins always. <laughs> we love homers, but uh, he was originally a 67th overall draft pick by Carolina, two-year entry level. Played for the Huskies, Northeastern, all four years, right? And. Uh, Play from Alden Catholic, which, if you're not from here, is a powerhouse in the Boston area of high school hockey teams, uh, kind of the standard of perennial powerhouse uh, hockey programs. And he was a free agent on the 15th. So we signed a what say you? What do you think about having uh, Matt Phillippe on board? Well, first and foremost, I'm not familiar with Matt and, and his work over at Northeastern. I know that they recently won two uh, straight uh, bean pots, which is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, how are you? Uh, but uh, I do have to give a ton of credit to uh, blackandgoldhockey.com writer who's been around for a while. He's my breaking news guy that I can go to for those quick, fast articles that need to get out there as soon as possible. Uh, Patrick Donnelly. Uh, Boston University student, and um, he grew up with Matt, and he requested that uh, he take that article because uh, he knows uh, the person, and he went to school with them. They, they both graduated from Malden Catholic and uh, went on to go to college So in the Boston area. So, Pat, shout out to him. You can go find that article at blackandgoldhockey.com. Just uh, do a search for um, – uh, what's his name? Matt Phillippe. And, and I'm sure it'll come right up with Pat's article. And he did a great job uh, adding some video and some, uh, some insight about what type of player Matt uh, is and what he brings. And uh, obviously wasn't happy with uh, the Carolina situation and held out a little bit. And the Bruins came in and swooped it up. So uh, two wins this year for uh, the Bruins against Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so this morning you were all up in a Twitter about uh, Jay Leach and interviewing potentially in Pittsburgh. Um, I know you, I mean, we all know who Jay Leach is if you're from, you know, a Bruins fan and from around this area, but uh, I know uh, how you feel about him as a coach and how do you feel about this, his potential move to Pittsburgh and leaving the Providence system? Well, it, it's, 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 it's not shocking, to be honest with you. I mean, Jay Leach is just one of those types of um, uh, coaches that it has that development 
mentality in his head. He's been running the uh, Bruins development camps at Warrior Ice Arena for the past three seasons and has done a fantastic job uh, working with these young players, whether they're camp invites or actual prospects uh, or even two-way deals that get the invitation to be around. Uh, Jay just leaves a lasting impression about what it means to be a player's type of coach. And it's not shocking that the Pittsburgh Penguins have uh, been interested and I'm hearing from a source out of uh, the Pittsburgh area that are close to the, uh, that cover the, the, the Penguins on the regular, that uh, he's a leading candidate because they have worked together. Uh, Jay Leach has worked with um, uh, current head coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mike Sullivan. They were both uh, in Wilkes-Barre Scranton uh, doing the top minor pro affiliate of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so, <clears throat> and obviously, um, um, Jay lost that job to, oh, I, I had his name, Clark Donatelli, I believe it is. And uh, that's when uh, Jay signed with the, the Boston Bruins uh, before the 2017-18 campaign to start his tenure uh, in the, with the Rhode Island franchise. And, and Jay's done a really good job. I mean, he's got a um, – I think the numbers I have right here are uh, – in 214 career games as the uh, Providence Bruins head coach, um, he's got a, a 121 win, 71 losses, 14 and eight record. So 121, 71, 14 and eight record in uh, three seasons. So I think that's pretty impressive. And I think that's a very attractive uh, uh, person that, uh, can be an assistant anywhere uh, in, you know, in any capacity with a team like Pittsburgh. But now that another guy got fired today in the, in the Washington system, that also opens up an opportunity to be an assistant elsewhere if the whole Pittsburgh thing doesn't work out for, for Jay Leach. Because he is, a, believe it or not, he is a very high commodity. I mean, he was, he was heavily looked at because he was a former player and organizational member with the New Jersey Devils. And when they were looking for a coach, it was very, very rumored that he was um, involved in those uh, discussions for future, you know, bench bosses. So, um, you know, Jay's just a, he's a good guy. He's a great interview. He's the type of uh, coach that just lets it on the line and lets you know about it. And he doesn't care if you're a player or you're the media. I enjoy talking to Jay because I honestly, when I, when I ask him a question, I feel I get, the most honest and best answer from him, not sugarcoated. That's good. So if he does move on, it's on to bigger and better things for him. And I think, but, but, but Heather, I honestly, I, I mean, it's going to suck to see him go. The oh, organization yeah. is going to suck. It sucked to see this and the players themselves, you know what I mean? That, that is the biggest thing I think I heard from this source is the biggest thing that he's, he's treading on right now. He's like, the opportunity to go somewhere legitimately is, is with Pittsburgh or should I wait my time in Boston so that it's, it's, uh, it's mulling him pretty heavy. So uh, regardless, best of luck to Jay Leach. It's been a pleasure meeting you, talking to you, and, and watching you construct this, this team for the last three seasons if, in fact, he is moved. Yeah, we're not trying to like death moratorium here. Like he, no, not at all. Be Providence's coach still. He's just weighing his options professionally, and there's nothing wrong with that. Best if he moves on. Maybe he'll still be, you know, 
heading the bench down in Providence or maybe not even actual Providence. Okay. So um, I just need to, can we just circle to Mike Milbury for two seconds? Yes, you can. And can I okay. circle out of here so I can use the, uh, the men's yeah. room, please? No, oh, that's fine. Yeah. You go on your rant. I'll be right in. I'm going to just, I mean, everyone's been talking about it. I'm going to do my rant. That's fine. Abandon me. I don't care. Um, so Mike Milbury obviously said stupid things on TV and it has been a crazy, crazy week of people cancel culture versus, you know, whatever feminism versus whatever. Uh, John Forlan had said, if you think about it, it's a terrific environment in this regard to if you're enjoy uh, playing and enjoying being with your teammates for long periods of time, it's the perfect place. Forlan had said, and then Milbury responded, not even any women here to disrupt your concentration. So obviously everyone flipped out on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. I might've been annoyed just because I'm not, I believe in social justice. I don't believe in thinking everything is offensive and whatever. And I do actually think if you don't have a backbone is why you would be like, I don't know. I don't feel he was trying to disrespect the great women in the sport who do great things to a lot of great writers. And I don't certainly don't want to go to head to head with them. Um, so I'm just speaking as one woman. So I got a little annoyed and said on Twitter, if someone with, as someone with a vagina, I have to say some of you waste too much time worrying about the dumb shit that Mike Milbury says. It doesn't make you woke to bitch about it. It just makes you hypersensitive and having too much time on your hands. Mike Milbury isn't harming anyone but himself. And if anyone is offended about it, I could care less. When I was born, women couldn't even have credit cards. Married women couldn't even have credit cards without their husband's permission. And that's what actual oppression looks like. I do not think, now, I do not disagree that Mike Milbury says stupid misogynistic shit, okay? But I do not think that Mike Milbury is actually harmful. Like, I feel he's grumpy and disrespectful to everyone, right? And that's how Mike Milbury is, good, bad, or ugly, right? Um, a lot of people I saw, like, defending Catherine Tappan and how he treated her here. Well, I also, as much as I loved Catherine Tappan, would also, like, say Catherine Tappan made her own mess in Boston, too, when she was here a little bit with allegedly or whatever with behaviors too. So uh, as much as I love Catherine Tappan, you don't get to be on the national broadcast with the boys without having some bigger balls than that. Like we said, like with her, with even with the Jeremy Roenick thing, I cannot believe that's, I'm sorry women, and I don't think this is why we burned bras, and I don't think this is how we got the right to vote. Suffragists li literally died, you know what I mean? If they got offended, you know, I had a dude call me abroad two months ago at work, not to my face, but in as much, like under his, breath or whatever you know what i did did oh, i get you, offended you no i said jesse you know i'm not abroad and maybe you should be a little more aware of how you speak about other people kind of thing just for me i don't know so there are a lot of people who freaked out i do not think mike milbury was referring to women and like all of a sudden it became a you're offending like oh no you're attacking the women in the bubble no he's making a comment that if you get young men with booze, their buddies, and women around, they are going to be fucking distracted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Even gay boys like boobs. I'm just saying. Like, it's just, as much as I believe men and women are equal, we are different, and our brains work differently. And I do believe when you put a bunch of testosterone in a room and a girl in some hot shorts, distracted shit happens. I'm just, I'm oh, not. I'm, I'm already out of focus. I've never had. You just mentioned it, and I'm already out of like, focus. Right. So I'm just saying, like, <laughs> 
there are things to be canceled and be pissed off about. And you've known me our whole lives. I am all about equality and people and everyone fuck off and be themselves. But we are too crazy with the cancel culture. Not in like, I, it's because it's called liberalism. No, I'm a, I've been a liberal my whole life. Now, that being said, people, it's not about being politics. I will vote who the best candidate is. I'm not like, you know, tribe-like stuck. But I also think it's counterproductive to worry about canceling Mike Milbury when there's like real world shit happening. Like, um, I saw someone post earlier about how he like stopped these fucking people from getting beat up by these bully bigot assholes. Like, do you know what I mean? And got his leg broken about like there are real world shit going on right now. And honestly, Eleanor Roosevelt said something along the lines is, uh, no one can make you feel small except for yourself or inferior except for yourself. And I personally don't feel offended or sensitive to that because I'm like, oh, you misogynist douchebag. Like, I just, I don't know, maybe, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone who is on like the feminist train, but I believe in feminism and equality. I also think that that's not quite how he meant it, but I also don't think he's wrong. And I don't think he meant Sarah Siv and all of them are distracting. Like, I think he means when you pull your wife and kids into the situation, you're going to be a little distracted. I get distracted doing this podcast by my kids. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that was it. And of course, there was all the bullshit. Like, you know, I apologize for my comments and the NHL. We're offended by his comments. No, you're offended because people are offended. And now you need to be offended because you're worried about your sponsorships. Now the NHL's worried about the overall walk now. I don't think Mike Bilberry needs to be canceled, people. I'm sorry. He's just... And I would also like to point out, most of the NBC broadcast team is horrible, so this idea that just because Mike Milbury says stupid, dumb shit doesn't ignore the fact that half of everyone else is also dull and boring. So, you know, just True just that. say it. And like, we need the Ronix and the Milbury asshole kind of comments in the world. I like it's JR. The I was plot, a big right? fan of JR. But, I love know, JR, though, but that's is. because my whole life he's been JR. Like, I know he's a bitch. All right? So that was the Millberry rant. So we have a couple more SBNGs. Are you ready, Mark Allred? Let's do it. Fire style. Let's do it. Hashtag BNG, just for the record, always send us them. You know what I mean? Just like whatever. Tweet one of us and add do it to it. We it. don't need to ask um, about it. Just do it. Just do it, although we will send up things. So Broomman1 at Broomman1 had said, for the small sample size to this point in the Kasha deal, looks like a smart one. Stanika should stay in the lineup. McAvoy is a stud. Has Jake DeBrus earned his right to garner six million dollar a six million dollar pay rate, which is of course five or six is what people are saying on the market. I still say no. Signing Krug needs to be taken care of. There was also another question that was sort of like that. Um, Jma had said, I Jay think Ma. maybe. I think so. Don't uh, I can't read my own writing. I normally have good handwriting. I can't. I think it was him. Uh, said, how much do are you giving DeBrusque if you are Sweeney this summer? Let's one more time circle back to Jake DeBrusque and his contract. And I obviously think Tory Krug's more important, but I also really love Jake DeBrusque. So you go. 3.54. Nothing more than that. I don't see that. He hasn't shown me anything, so he's going to have a uh, show me contract. So... We'll see what happens with that moving forward, but I don't see him um, asking big money. I think that it'll all get talked down because we know how Sweeney is a sweetness, sweetness, and uh, gets things happening. So never mind what the agent says. Mind when it's sit down and actually talk about it. I think Jake DeBrusque is three five to four just because of the. Boom shakalaka. 
compare things. I think we've already we've already done our prediction. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I pretty much am not wavering from that. We talked about how we think that he should get more Ben Bjork because he's done his time, good, bad, or ugly. And I think um, Jake DeBrusse is also not an idiot. Uh, it is a weird market right now. He is he is valuable as an asset. You know what I mean? He can go out there and get some money. He's probably not getting six million, but why would if he can get three five for three to four years or whatever and then do another contract in a few years when he's done developing fully into his like you know hockey prime why would you not want to do that he loves working with david Krejci. it's a great group you know everyone seems to love him he's like everyone's little brother and uh so that just seems silly to me so i have i'm saying three five to four maybe max but that's only depending on money obviously signing the other people we also have to finish signing up if we'd like to <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, next one. This was from Maria from Watertown. She said, "This better off the O-Town! play off David Krejci because David Krejci play off David Krejci is so sexy." Uh, but for her, Charlie Coyle has been outstanding. He's clearly asserting himself as a leader on the defense. Any more thoughts? We've kind of talked about. We do agree with Maria. Charlie McAvoy is becoming a stud. What are your thoughts? Do you have for Miss Maria of Watertown? I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh of coil playoff hockey. We have Cliffy hockey and so on. Let's get coil playoff hockey. Uh, he seems to be stepping up the last two seasons. He's been with the Bruins in the postseason and and plays. They just he great possession skills. Uh, his offense is gonna come. Uh, his offensive numbers are gonna come hopefully sooner or later. But you cannot deny how he protects the puck and how he makes uh, his line mates better. Obviously, uh, Brett Ritchie and um, is it Bjork? Yes. Yes, are on the lineup tonight and possibly moving forward if that line is impressive to the Bruins brass. So, absolutely. Yeah, and Charlie McAvoy is a total stud. He's finally starting to, like we said, I think we've talked about this, he's fusing all his best skills together into being able to transition between them without having to do one or the other or whatever. Um, and I don't care that hit on Jordan Stahl was a perfectly legal hit. He wasn't trying to kill him. Jordan practiced the, the next day. He was fine. Even, I know, but it was I like they were reaching. trying to murder him or whatever. Okay? I, know, I think they were reaching. Just like, I do not believe that Char was trying to kill, um, what's his name, Sergachev. No, Svechnikov. No, I'm getting him confused with Sergeyev. Never mind. No, he's, he's, he's going to hurt Lightning. My brain's already moved on. He's going to hurt I can't keep the Russians straight. I can't keep the Russians straight. Ah. Um, so that's all the SBNGs. So as we wrap up, um, as always, no, I'm not messing around. What did I tell you? 200 reviews by Mark's 200th episode, our 200th episode here of the podcast, which is nine episodes away now eight episodes away almost because we're talk so long we're almost on to the next episode at this point um so make sure you go rate and review please good bad or ugly get our name out there get us moving um follow us on the insta i don't know i don't have instagram what am i saying <laughs> on Twitter. instagram is um, at black and gold hockey Okay, and follow um, the podcast at Black and Gold Pod and Mark at Black and Gold Two Seven Seven. Right? Is that? What and you also want? follow my friend Heather at Inga with a big mouth. Yeah, sometimes I do when I say bad words like vagina, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I uh, whatever. So before we go, though, can we give a shout out to the Patreons? 
Absolutely. Uh, huge shout out to these guys. The, uh, this whole list that I've compromised right now are all active members of our Patreon uh, community. And this is a financial contribution that we get to help cut the costs of my out-of-pocket costs or now the Black and Gold Productions LLC company costs. So, I wanted to give a shout out to the following. Mike Gerton, uh, Cameron Young, Megan St. Louis, Joe Marshall, Chad McVean, Eric Blackie, Mark Balboni, uh, Cara Covezzi, uh, Wayne Skiffington, Nick Evans, Sharon Dietz, Michelle Grimm, Casey Bowman, Trent Barry, Chirpy Lockett, and my boy Hollis Jackson. Hope Hollis and his family are doing well. Uh, everybody on that whole list, I hope you guys are all safe and uh, doing good. Uh, we thank you so much for the contributions throughout the years. You guys have been absolute beauties, and we couldn't ask for better people. And we are continuing to look for more contributions as we continue to buy more products for our giveaways. So if you want to get involved in our Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Donate just $1 per episode. We're probably going to end up doing about 8 episodes per month, including this program that you listen to right now and watching on YouTube and our uh, prospect uh, report, which uh, me and Tim Richardson, who is uh, a longtime writer at the website, do uh, for the Providence Bruins and prospect stuff. So uh, just donate $1, folks, a max of $8 or, you know, 6 to 8 range. It's nothing crazy, but it really helps us out, and uh, we would certainly appreciate any further contributions that you can do. And um, with that, we just like to, you know, spend a little bit of that money that you guys throw into the pool and throw it right back out and buy products like signed hockey pucks from alumni. We have like 16 or 20 of them right now. We have t-shirts that we're giving away. We have black and gold hockey uh, podcast merch that we're going to give away. Uh, we got stuff from the store next door that we're going to give away. It's just unbelievable what stuff we're getting ready to do. So please get involved today. Black uh, Patreon.com slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. So with that being said, Heather, thank you so much for this awesome week, man. I thought this was a really solid show. I think so too. Round two, let's do it. About a three and a half hours from this time. Shoo! Shoot. No, I'm just yes, absolutely. So from Thanks for having me. For Mark Allred, the host, and Heather Ingerson, my awesome co-host, I want to say thank you very much for everything that everybody does for us at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Productions LLC team now. i got to start remembering that because we are a company. We are a sports media company now, and we're making a stand in the whole sports world, or trying to at least. But thank you for every, all the support, the retweets, the shares, the, the, the likes, the, the kind words. It really means a lot to us. And it's motivation for us to move forward. So, again, thank you very much. Enjoy this second round. Bruins, Tampa Bay. We got this, guys. We got this. We can do this. So, listen, we'll talk to you next weekend. It's going to be possibly a new month. Is it? Going, toward, going towards a new month. I going towards a new, new month. month so like Tuesday. Heading towards September. So we will see you in seven days. Take care. Peace out. Bye. Peace. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. 
please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.